Matthew chapter 1. We'll start with uh, verse 16. Verse 16 through verse 25. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Adam to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away of Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. When, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not until he had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, the prophecy for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Matthew and Luke give the account of the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And they give it in greater detail than any other of the New Testament writers about the coming of Jesus Christ. We oftentimes, when we consider the birth of Jesus Christ, I love this time of the year. I hope you heard Brother Bradley this morning. Excellent message. 
He was more out of the book of Luke, and even though he gave the account and emphasized that there's not a specific time that's set aside about the birth of Christ, considering the climate and the opposition to Christianity as a whole, I, along with Brother Bradley, rejoice that there are folks that at this time of the year are directed at least to think about more about the birth of Jesus Christ. We attempt to think about the birth of Christ not only at Christmas time, that uh, others would, uh, would title it as Christmas time or around December 25th, but we attempt to think about Christ, the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ all throughout the year. But I'm especially thankful at this time that others' minds are directed to the birth of Christ. Oftentimes, when we consider the characters that are involved in the birth of Jesus Christ, we oftentimes primarily consider the mother of Christ. We consider Mary. And much is preached about Mary. There's much written about Mary. And certainly Mary was honored by God and favored by God and blessed by God to be the mother of Jesus Christ. But there's also lessons that we can glean from about Joseph. And so we'll look at a few lessons this morning, and I pray the Lord would bless us for a few minutes to consider the life of Joseph. Interestingly, what's said about Joseph does not come from Joseph himself. It's said about Joseph. In fact, I don't see where Joseph brought this report out at all. But it was about the life of Joseph. His life, his manner of walk, his countenance, his integrity was told not by himself, but by others. Brother Mark's mother used to just cut through the chase and she just simply said, self-praise stinks. That was Sister Laura's way of sort of bringing you down to reality there. Well, Joseph was not praising himself. He was not even exalting himself, but it was written about Joseph. And we'll learn a couple of lessons about him. I had an old preacher tell me early on, he said, Brother Stephen, I think one reason that God gives uh, creates man with two ears and one mouth is that he's supposed to hear twice as much as what he says. Well, Joseph here didn't say anything, but we can learn some lessons about Joseph. Let's look at what happened. The birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph. Being espoused was even being stronger than being engaged as they were viewing marriage. And in some cases, almost was viewed as the same. But basically, Mary was committed to Joseph. Joseph was committed to Mary. They were committed to each other. They made this commitment and their relationship from the time of this commitment going forward was to each other. 
So this was the setting of Mary and Joseph. And Joseph, no doubt, believed that he had found a woman of great integrity. In fact, in the scriptures, we're taught that in Proverbs chapter 31, it gives the uh, it gives the description of a virtuous woman. And it describes the traits that a godly or virtuous woman should possess in 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 Proverbs chapter 31. No doubt Mary felt like that she had that she was engaged or betrothed to a godly young man. No doubt Mary felt like that Joseph that he was a godly young man. And so they had made this commitment between each other at this stage in their life. So if you can imagine that they were they were committed to each other. And so then it comes down to tell us that the birth of Christ was on the wise. Up to this point, it doesn't seem to indicate that Joseph knew about the birth of Christ. He certainly did not know that the one that he was betrothed to was going to be the one that bore the Christ child. And so they had a they had a a normal committed relationship committed to each other at this point. And it says that the birth of Christ was on the wise. And when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, so they were committed to each other. But it says that they had not been with each other. And you can go through and understand more in detail about that. But it says that it says before they came together, it says Mary was espoused unto Joseph. And it says that while they were in this committed relationship, they had committed their relationship to each other. It says Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's it had never happened before and it's never happened since and it will never, ever happen. But one of the reasons that it was important that the Christ child was conceived of the Holy Ghost is that in order for there to be a sacrifice that was accepted of the father, that offering in that sacrifice had to be totally pure and totally just. And any other, any other experience, if it was between Joseph and Mary or anyone else, then the child would have been conceived in sin, not in a sinful setting, but conceived by sinful parents. We're sinners in two ways. 
We're sinners by nature because our forefather Adam was a sinner. And then it doesn't take long after we're born to become sinners by practice. So we're sinners two ways. But the Christ child was neither conceived in sin, nor was the Christ child conceived by a sinner. The Holy Ghost being totally perfect, being totally just, uh, inspired Mary, and she was created with the Christ child. So when we say that, that Mary bore Jesus Christ and that Christ was born by a virgin, it says that Mary conceived of the Christ child by the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe that. I, 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 I think everybody here believes that. It's what the scripture says. If you believe the scriptures, if you believe the inspired word of God, you believe that Jesus Christ, the son of God, God himself was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Now, this wasn't yet revealed to Joseph. This had not yet been revealed to Joseph. So after about three months, if you go over into Luke and see the account, it began to be apparent that Mary was with child. Now, when this was discovered by Joseph, can you imagine how Joseph must have felt? It hadn't been revealed to him yet. There's some things we can learn about Joseph right here. How would most people respond to that? Some folks have the mindset that they want to fix it right then. Some folks, when something is discovered that's not what they thought the norm was or the way that it ought to be. They get upset real quick. Joseph took a little bit of time before he responded to it. Let's look at how Joseph responded. Joseph could have gotten angry. Joseph could have gotten Bitter. Joseph could have been overcome with discouragement or despair. Joseph could have felt like that he was betrayed. We don't see, because it doesn't say all the feelings that Joseph may have experienced, but it does tell us a little bit about Joseph and how he responded Joseph could have said I'm going to expose her and the sentence that would have likely happened is that she would have been stoned but look at how Joseph responded right here then 
her, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Do you know when Katie started looking for Michael, I think one of the things that she felt like is that she'd found a just man. Do you know we've been blessed to know some just men among us? The first one that comes to mind is Brother Jackson. I believe everybody that knew Brother Jackson would be able to say that he was a just man. Did you know that's a great blessing? If it can be said about you that you are a just man. That speaks volumes about Joseph right here. That Joseph was referred to as a just man. It's not saying right here that Joseph was a justified man. You are justified by Jesus Christ. You are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been made whole. And Romans chapter 8 teaches us that those that are foreknown, those that are called, those that are chosen, that they're justified before Christ. But when you're referred to as being just before God, it's describing your walk. It's describing your your talk. It's describing your manner of conversation. It's describing your life. It's describing all there is about you that you are just before God. You're justified by the blood of Christ. But being just is the example that you set before other folks. He said right here that Joseph, her husband, was a just man. Because Joseph was a just man, it affected how Joseph responded to this news about Mary. When it was discovered about Mary, rather than deciding to expose Mary, rather than deciding to tear Mary down so that he might look good, Isn't that amazing how that's an approach that at least if we don't follow through with it, it comes to mind that if we can if we can tear others down, that it builds us up. But look at what Joseph, a just man, decided to do right here. It wasn't Joseph's desire to tear Mary down or to expose Mary, but Joseph being a just man. It says that he chose in his mind not willingly to make a public example of Mary, but he minded to put her away privately. Isn't that something? What he was going to do, he wasn't going to bring a bunch of attention to it. He wasn't going to tell everybody. He wasn't going to expose it. But he was going to do it privately. Now, that was in his mind. That was in the mind of Joseph. And then something happened. It says right here, while he thought on these things, 
you know what? That's really good for us right there to hold on to. While he thought on those things. Do you know, sometimes I'm only, I'm going to relate my experience. If it fits you, if the shoe fits, you can wear it if you want to, but I'll relate my experience. Sometimes when something happens and it sets me off or it hits my hot button and I respond, I oftentimes regret my response. But if I'll take a little bit of time and I'll think on these things. It says that Joseph right here thought on these things. I found, maybe it's old age, but I found that if you take some time and you think about it, at least my experience is, oftentimes it affects how you respond. And if you'll think about it a while, and while you're thinking about it, if you'll talk to the Lord about it. If you'll talk to the Lord before you respond and you think about it and you talk to the Lord about it, it's amazing how either the Lord may change you or change me or change the person that we're going to respond to or during that time that you're going to think about it, you may get a clearer picture of the situation. Oftentimes we have no idea what other people are experiencing in their life. Yesterday I visited with a lady that I've known for many, many years. She and her husband, and I had no idea about her upbringing. She said, my father was never in my life. And she said, uh, I, I didn't know my father until I was 18 years of age. And she said, I always thought that my father didn't uh, want to have anything to do with me. And he, he left. And she said, I never realized that it was because my mother had, had forbidden my father to be able to come and have any part in my life. And she says, now we have a great relationship. But she said, for 18 years, I didn't know my father. I've known her for many years and never knew that she lived the first 18 years of her life without her father. We oftentimes don't know the struggles that individuals face. We don't. And sometimes, if before we respond quickly, we do like Joseph did right here, and we just simply think on these things, oftentimes it'll make a world of difference in how we respond. It really will. While he was thinking on these things, it says the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He, 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 while he was thinking on these things, he drifted into a sleep. Maybe the Lord blessed that to happen. Maybe he did it from uh, just, just naturally, but he, was in a, in a, he in, ended up in a deep sleep. And then the Lord begins to show him some things. Did you know that if we, if we, if we, if we take time to think on some things and then we pray about it, it's amazing what God may reveal to us. Sometimes the reason the Lord doesn't reveal things to us is I think that we're not open to the Lord revealing. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard for the Lord to get through to us when we are so distracted with so many other things in life that take our attention, that, that, that occupy our mental time. We don't have time for the Lord. When we ought to be in the mindset that we're begging the Lord to give us direction and wisdom in our life and help direct our path in our life. Look what happened to Joseph right here. While he was thinking on these things, it says an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, 
Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. He said, Joseph, all the anxiety that you've been experiencing, all the thoughts that you've had are not really legitimate. It's not as it maybe appears to be. Sometimes there's things going on behind the scenes that the Lord is working that we don't know anything about until later on when we look back. Joseph couldn't see how God was actually working right here, but he trusted in God while he was experiencing this. No doubt it affected how he responded to Mary. And it says that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream and said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her up to this point, Joseph didn't know it. But it says that which is conceived in her in Mary is not of you and Joseph. It's not of other men, but it is of the Holy Ghost. He says, and then he says, and he, he, he just delivers right here. The angel delivered this. You say angels don't preach the gospel? Right here in verse 21, the angel was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the purpose of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. Verse 21 sums it up completely. It says, and the angel de delivered this message unto Joseph. It says, Mary has conceived. It's of the Holy Ghost. And he says, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, which means savior. And it says, for he shall save. I heard someone say recently that Jesus Christ presents the opportunity of salvation. That's not what it says right here. It says, for he shall save his people. He names a specific group of people. And he says that he's going to do it. And we believe that he did. He says, and thou shalt call his name. He, she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This message was being delivered by the angel to Joseph in a dream. Now look at what it says right here. Now all this was done. We made the, read the reference in Isaiah. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord, by the prophet saying, Isaiah Chapter 9, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and thou shalt bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Joseph is being de delivered this message by the angel in a dream that Mary is with child. The child is conceived by the Holy Ghost and that this child is uh, God himself, the son of God, the Trinity, and that the purpose of this Christ child, this innocent, pure, holy Christ child, that the purpose of this child is to save his people Amen. from their sins. Well, that angel preached them. Great message to Joseph right here. Don't you think Joseph looked back and he probably said, boy, I'm glad I didn't respond the way I thought about responding when I first found out that, that Mary was, was with child. Don't you wish sometimes that 
you hadn't have responded so quickly and don't you ever wish that there were some things that you could you could take back brother don Richards said uh, he, he used this example one time he said you know he said words do hurt what's this phrase sticks and stones but words don't hurt he said words words do hurt he said sometimes you say some words that hurt he says you want to take them back but he says it's about like this have you ever squeezed a little too much toothpaste out of the tube and you try to get it back in there it just doesn't work won't go back in That's sort of the way it is when you say words that you wish you could take back. Well, right here, Joseph thought on it. Joseph took some time. And then after it was revealed to Joseph, Joseph, don't you know, he was real happy that he responded the way that he did. Look what it says. Now, all he says, uh, verse 24, then Joseph being raised from his from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took unto him his wife. And again, it says something else. I think this is important right here. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. He knew her not so that it was apparent, it was a witness and a testimony that Mary conceived the Christ child solely by the Holy Ghost, that the conception was by the Holy Ghost of God and none other, and it was pure and holy and just. It's interesting as we look at Luke's account. As we look at Luke's account, it talks about um, John, and it tells us about Zacharias, his father, and Elizabeth, his mother, Mary, and they were quite elderly. And it talks about the coming of John and how that he's the forerunner of the Christ. And it was interesting, as I read through this, it was interesting that Zacharias had said because of his unbelief that he was stricken. And interesting that, that Joseph didn't declare this himself. Zacharias himself was stricken. To where he couldn't speak until John was born. And all these things happened. It says that uh, the angel, that the angel Gabriel stands in the presence of God in chapter one of the book of Luke. And it's, it says that as they're declaring about this child John that is to be born. That he says that he describes John, and I think this is really, really special in verse 15 of chapter 1. That when he's describing this one that's going to be born, that the angel is delivering this message. And it says that that this one that's going to be born is going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. So that also teaches the lesson right here that it doesn't take the gospel 
to get someone saved. It doesn't take the preacher to get someone saved. It doesn't take a certain belief to get someone saved. But what it takes to get someone saved is what it took to get John saved. And that was the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for all these children. And I'm thankful for the parents. And I expect that if this report could be given about your child, that would cause you to rejoice no matter whatever else happened in life. That your child that you've been given the assurance that your child is going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter what else happens in life. Doesn't matter about whatever trials or success or opportunities that are there. That the greatest assurance and delight that that you would have is that it's said about your child that your child is going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. What a great blessing it was to Elizabeth and to Zacharias that their child was filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what? I, I believe the Holy Ghost is still very, very active today. It's the Holy Ghost that gives us spiritual life. If you have spiritual life, It didn't come from your natural birth. It didn't come from your father or your mother. It didn't even come from yourself. It didn't come from anything external. If you have spiritual birth, if you have spiritual life, it came from the Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that spoke in the life of John and gave him spiritual life is still working today. And did you know that the Holy Ghost is not hindered at all by the events around us? You might say, well, times just look like they're getting darker and darker. People are drawing further and further away from the Lord. But you know what? That's not a problem for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can reach us no matter where we are. You might say, I have a child or I have a grandchild or I have a friend that's wandered away from the Lord. Did you know that that's not a problem for the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost knows where they are and the Holy Ghost knows exactly what they stand in need of to get their attention. And the Holy Ghost is just as effective today as it was in the day of John. So the same Holy Ghost that conceived Jesus Christ conceives and bears and borns our spiritual life. Wow. It comes on down and I, I love this. I love this first chapter of Luke. It's so good. It's just, it's really, really, really good. I, I would encourage you to go through and read the, the first chapter of, of Luke and the first chapter of Matthew. Both are outstanding. It, 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 I love the story of, of Mary 
when it has been revealed to her, when the angel Gabriel reveals it to Mary, that she is with child. I mean, Mary knew that she had not been in a relationship with with anyone else. No doubt, Mary was perplexed to be chosen of God to carry the Christ child. And it says, and I, I love this example right here, it says that when Mary came to her cousin Elizabeth, who was six months along with child with John. It says in verse 41, I, I love this right here, when she begins to tell about the, 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 the message that the Holy Ghost had given to her about being with the Christ child, it says that the babe, this is John, it's about six months along with his, in his mother's womb. It says that John leapt for joy in his mother's womb. Well, how could John leap for joy? It's a fulfillment of the verse over in Matthew, or in, in, in Luke, the first chapter, when it says that, that John is going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And we have the result of that, that when the message of the Christ child was delivered, that the babe leapt for joy. Now, I believe we're in a natural world. You can look around and see that. But I believe we're also in a spiritual world. I'll tell you one way that you can recognize that. When we go to the nursing home, we go to try to encourage those poor old people at the nursing home. And I tell you what, we ourselves leave so encouraged. Everybody that was there will give you that account that they left and they were richly blessed. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, Though the outward man perisheth, the inward man is renewed day by day. There is this outward man that we carry around with us this, this outward tab- tabernacle, this outward body. And it does begin to, to fail and to fade and to perish away. But it says that for the child of God, there's two parts. There's the spiritual person on the inside. That doesn't grow old. It doesn't become weary. It doesn't become weak, but it just gets stronger and stronger as the resurrection day approaches. And I tell you, when you go to the nursing homes and you sing those old hymns, or you talk about the Lord, you can do it with folks that they can't even probably some of them tell you their name. But you start talking about the Lord and singing about the Lord. And it is amazing how that they begin to respond. And it's not the outward man. It's that inward man. We, we, uh, we met one little lady this last week. So sweet. It was so sweet. It was in the memory care portion, the dementia wing of the nursing home. And... It's a locked facility. When we got in there, um, it, uh, we kind of had a hard time getting out. That's sort of the, the goal of it. But we had to get help to get out after we got in. But 
some of the folks just didn't seem to respond much, but there was this one little lady that as we begin to sing the songs about Christ and the Lord, this little lady got so happy. And she was rejoicing. And she might not could have told us what her name was, but she was rejoicing in the Lord. And that's what it is that there's an outward man, but there's an inward man as well. And when John leapt for joy, it was that inward man that was being blessed by the Holy Spirit. And the leaping for joy was the outward appearance of that Holy Ghost and that Holy Spirit blessing John. And when we go to the nursing homes and we see folks that maybe can't even tell you their name, and yet you see them rejoice in the Lord, it's the the evidence that the Holy Spirit is blessing that inward man. That outward man, it's out of here. I mean, it just decays and gives us a lot of problems and, 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 and it just does, oftentimes doesn't get better. But I tell you, that inward man gets better and better as the day approaches. So Joseph waited before he responded. He thought on it before he responded. He thought about how he was going to approach it and he said, I'm not going to expose Mary. I want to put her away, but I'm going to do it privately. And while he waited, be really good for us all to take heed. That while we wait, we look to the Lord. And while we're waiting, it may be that the Lord will reveal to us the next step along the way. It was also said, as we've mentioned about Joseph, that Joseph himself may it be said about each one of us that Joseph himself was referred to as a just man that says a whole lot that speaks volumes about Joseph whether Joseph said anything about himself or not it was said about Joseph that Joseph was a just man may God bless you We're glad you've been able to listen to this special podcast. We invite you to come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. Our services begin with hymn singing at 1030 a.m. Mount Carmel Primitive Baptist Church is located at 1707 Churchville Road in Bel Air, Maryland. If you've enjoyed this message, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast application.